0: Doctors, it's October 20th, I'm sorry we didn't do any podcast for um, two or three weeks there, got pretty hectic around here, we we're um, trying to finish up on PCCRP, the x-ray guidelines for the ICA and WCA, and then um, we're trying to finish up on all the papers we have to read for the ICA best practices, and then start our seminar series for the fall, and so things got uh, pretty hectic, and then Sang was way behind. Uh, we went to color in the AJCC, and Sang was trying to up, update the um, state board mailing lists, and boy, that took a long time, so everybody was pretty much swamped. Indeed, had a new son, and so he was out of commission and wasn't able to do much. He delivered it himself again. This is his second baby he's delivered, so I guess he's uh, getting experience as a pediatrician. At any anyway, rate, i got some uh, important topics I'd like to talk to you about. Of course, as usual, it's CCGPP, Chir- the Council on Chiropractic Guidelines and Practice Parameters, which used to be headed by John Triano for like seven or eight years. and Now, just this year, um, Cheryl Hawk of Cleveland College has been put in place of it. But I'd like to tell you the new uh, developments in that. And then I'd like to talk about uh, posture a little bit, uh, best practices for the ICA again. And then I'd like to give a special plug uh, to Jennifer Pete for all the work she's done in chiropractic pediatrics. So Joe will do a little intermission here, and then I'll be back to discuss things with you. And I'm, and I'm glad to be back with you, and I hope you um, are enjoying these podcasts. And we'll see you in a few minutes.
1: This segment is brought to you by Postraco, developers of the new X ray digitizing software known as Posture ray. For more information on Posture ray, please browse to www.postraco.com. We had some
0: interesting developments in Maryland just this past month. United Healthcare, UHC just came out and said that they're not going to pay for chiropractic care of children interesting enough the month before CCGPP came out with Cheryl Hawke's new wellness i.e. non-musculoskeletal conditions chapter she had 250 or 290 or something like that references in the total document of which about 93 were level 4 case studies and then (laughs) in After she lists all these and discusses them, she just comes out with the statement in her uh, chapter that says, since there's not any RCTs, randomized clinical trials, on these topics, then there's no supportable evidence for chiropractic care of these conditions. So in the new uh introduction that came out in august by triano he he stated that they were going to consider all levels of evidence but as you can see that's just um, lip service they're not going to do it and so what we see is Sarah Hawk's chapter has negated negated all the level four studies and so We're not going to be able to take care of anything but back pain, neck pain, and thoracic pain. Interesting, huh? So anyway, United you know, Healthcare uses this CCGPP document to now state that they're not going to pay for chiropractic care of children in Maryland. And then CCGPP had this thing where they said, well, they're going to have this committee that, um, you know, stops unwarranted uses of these documents of theirs. So they're writing a letter to United UnitedHealthcare, and the ICA got it, and um, they, uh, we discussed it. And the ICA asked if we would um, address this, and we're just too busy, we can't do it. It would take a long time. Um, what possibly could be done is we go to Len Siskins database for the best practices we get about 850 papers clinical publications in there right now and we could search children adolescents stuff like that and then we could pull up all the papers and then we would have to write a huge document bet with the level of 4 evidence that we have but then it would just delay us getting done with our ICA best practices so The ICA just decided to endorse CCGPP's letter to Unite Healthcare asking them to um, resend their new determination of not paying for children. However, they're not going to do that. The CCGPP document from Shell Hawk gives them the evidence they need, and it only considers randomized clinical trials, so um, we'll have to offset that probably next year. After we get our best practices done, I'll have a section in there on on chiropractic care of children and, and I'll have all the references and so our document will then be able to offset United health care's determination. but then you always know, wonder is Edna and the blues and Sigma and travelers and all these going to adopt United health attitude in Maryland and spread to different states. Anyway, I just thought I'd tell you that just like the ICA stated, the CCGPP is a detriment to chiropractic. It'll be like the Mercy Center guidelines. It's going to be used to cut claims and we're all going to get hurt by it and they are all denying it all the way and then as soon as this chapter comes out, United Healthcare uses it to deny chiropractic care of children. So it's pretty obvious that we're right. But chiropractors in general, 99% of them got their head in the sand. They don't even know what a CCGPP is. They don't even know that these guidelines are going to be able to be used to cut their claims. They don't know that these guidelines are written by a majority of IMEs who work for insurance companies. So it's really disappointing and irritating to me and the rest of the ICA leadership that chiropractors are so oblivious to what's going on. And then even the people in the ACA were going, how in the hell can they possibly endorse these things when all their members are going to get cut? And like we said to several ACA board members we were in contact with, we said, you know what, when CCGPP comes out in total and chiropractors are getting their claims cut and they find out that ACA was behind this, You're going to lose members in droves, and ICA is going to gain them and grow bigger. But we don't want to grow that way. We don't want our chiropractic practitioners, friends, and, and fellows to lose their income. We don't want chiropractic patients to lose their benefits. We don't want to grow that way. Why are you being so stupid? That's pretty much what we told the ACA. But only time will show that they are stupid and they are making a big mistake, and CCGPP will be a huge detriment, worse than Mercy ever was. So let me get off of that, because, boy, I can go a long time on CCGPP. It's really a major, major problem in in my lifetime.
1: If you're an advertiser that would like to reach out to 67,000 chiropractors, you can by advertising in the American Journal of Clinical Chiropractic known as the AJCC. For more information... Just email us at webmaster at dot
0: Now back to the ICA best practices. I've said this before, but most people um, kind of <laughs> don't pay attention to me when I'm crying all the time, but this is really stressing me out. I'm losing sleep and and uh, thinking about it all the time and how can I write ICA's best practices so that it would offset this CCGPP document they got 7 chapters they got um, low back, thoracic, neck pain then they got upper extremity, lower extremity soft tissue and then this non-musculoskeletal conditions thing that just came out so I have to <clears throat> write a document that will be better and offset those and here's the reason state boards are going to use these we're not going to be able to get you paid with the ICA best practices because the insurance companies don't care about what's right or wrong they they just care about having a document to support their efforts to cut your claims so when CCGPP comes out they're just going to use it no matter if there's a counter document or not And, uh, of course, our ICA best practices will be a counter document, and we believe will be better uh, referenced with all levels of evidence. But where we see it being used is to protect your practice rights. CCGPP came out with a position statement that what they were going to do, they were going to get their guidelines with these documents into every chiropractic college, and then they were going to give them to every state and provincial board And they want their documents to be standard of practice. That means if you took care of somebody with a stomach ulcer and you did chiropractic care on the spine, then you're out of the standard of practice because there's no evidence for that in the CCGPP document. So we feel like if we have the ICA best practices document and we get it through the U.S. National Clearinghouse of Guidelines and get it registered, then... When you go to your state board where some of these idiots will be on your state board, they're going to try to take your license for practicing out of the scope of practice according to CCCGPP guidelines. Then you're going to whip out the ICA best practices and say, you're you're an ICA member and you're practicing um, by this document. Then if they still go further, then you can appeal in the district court and then the judge will rule in your favor. I was in Montreal a few years ago for ICA. I was a rep to the FCLB, Federation of Chiropractic Licensing Boards, where they have their annual meeting. They send two or three members from every state board to this meeting. And this guy got up and he stated that CCGPP was going to be the preponderance of evidence that stops this alarming trend. And so he went on to state that this alarming trend was... That when state boards tried to discipline chiropractors for overutilization, then when the chiropractor uh, appealed into district court, that the state boards were losing 90% of these cases, the chiropractors were winning. So he said that this new CCGPP would stop that, and then they would start winning 90% of the cases. So right away I saw w- what's going on here. Not only <clears throat> are they working for insurance companies and they're trying to restrict your practice rights which by the way you have broad, broad practice rights under all state laws and all provincial laws in the U.S. and Canada they're going to make this a standard of practice which restricts your your ability to make a living but they're also going to force you to practice the way they want you to and they're going to apply this to chiropractic college curricula and teach the students to do that before they even get out. So this is a pretty scary situation. The um, WCA has their CCP guidelines, which um, they're very proud of. They should be because they worked very hard to have something to offset the Mercy Center guidelines. And we believe that if you have the ICA Best Practices and the WCA CCP, that will be two guidelines that are sort of similar uh, in their statements against CCGPP that you will win in district court. And therefore, you'll be able to practice how you like, and they won't be able to take your license. However, insurance companies will be using those, and you will not be able to get paid in the near future for anything but back pain and neck pain and headaches. So, as I said before, they're stating that, uh, especially Trano, Mitch Haas, and Scott Holloman, in different talks at World Federation or in uh, different places, they've stated that you will only get 68 visits for uh, back pain or neck pain, unless the person is really severe and they, that this data comes from randomized clinical trials. So we expanded our old table we had in the Journal of Canadian Chiropractic Association in December 2005 where it had, we had about 25 RCTs. Now we got 73 RCTs, D9, Joe Bitch. We're uh, analyzing these and showing that in about 8.4 visits average in these um, randomized clinical trials, the patient is about 45% better. So if you do a extrapolation linear, you go uh, 8.4 visits times 100% divided by 45%, you get approximately 19 to 20 visits. However, RCTs always have an initial visit where they randomize. So you, you have your initial visit where you do your exam and x-rays. And then they always do three, four... Follow ups like one week, uh, one month, six months, twelve months. So, if we did two or three follow ups like one week, one month, two months, say, then now you're up to 24 visits. And then, when we took all the medical doctor clinical trials out of that table we were making and just use the ones done by chiropractors we had a visit of about 10 something so when we did the same thing 10 visits times 100% divided by 45 now we're getting closer to 30 visits so what you see is that these people are lying about randomized clinical trials supporting 68 visits absolutely does not what they do in these randomized clinical trials is they artificially stop the treatment They're going to say, okay, we're going to see the person 8 visits or 10 visits or 6 visits or 4 visits, and then we're going to reevaluate the patient, and then we'll do follow-ups. So they really confine the treatment. They decide to have treatment less than 10 visits and then see the percentage of of improvement. This is um, uh, opposed to a a proper RCT would be if you wanted to find out how many visits were needed to, uh, to resolve low back pain, what you would do is... You would go out to MMI, maximum medical improvement, and then you would document how many visits it took to get there. That's not what they're doing. They're artificially cutting off the visits, and then claiming the person's pain is resolved. And it's only 45 percent resolved. It's not 100 percent resolved. And the next thing is, some of these um, care plans are doing one week, uh, one visit a week, or two visits a week. And then they're claiming that there's no difference between one and two visits per week. Well, we believe that's because you're not doing what we call a dose. It uh, comes from drugs, you know. A dose amount uh, that's proper to improve somebody with um, low back pain or neck pain or headaches or whatever. And that would be at least three times a week. When you're doing three times a week, you're catching somebody every other day, then you've got a better chance of uh, continual improvement. If you just do one visit and then wait a week, well, the person's going to slide backwards. So they're not even doing a proper frequency, let alone a proper duration. So you need to understand how this literature is being used against you and improperly used. And by the way, they're the authors on these papers, uh, Bronford, Hawes, Haldeman. They know exactly what's in their papers because they did them and they wrote the results and the conclusions. So, they know that they're misrepresenting this data. And we're in the process of writing a paper to submit to an Index Medicus journal to point this out. However, there's only a few of us, and we work as hard as we can. And uh, there's more of them. Even though they don't work hard, there's more of them. So, they're outnumbering us. So, the ICA best practices will be your savior. Uh, and we plan to finish reading all the papers, I hope, by December. We, we have about 350 more page, papers to read, and we're going to meet twice more, so I hope we can get them all done. Because I need to f- finish up with the data and then be able to write the papers, uh, the chapters, if you will. They're really papers. Each chapter is a huge document in itself. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so this is going to be a lot of work, and I need the data finished um, so I can see what it says, so I can see what to write. But in the meantime, I've started writing the preliminary chapters, which is, what's the methods, you know, how are you approaching um, collecting the data, and how's the data scored, and and, uh, different chapters like that. I have an introduction, and I have something on levels of evidence, and then I have something on ethics that the ICA wanted me to put in. And then the ICA wanted to put in something about costs and uh, benefits and risks, so we have a chapter on that. So those chapters can be written now, and I've already started on those. But the chapters from the evidence pointing to um, supporting chiropractic care for various conditions—that has to have all the papers written and the data analyzed before I can write those. But hopefully, we're going to have a, a rough draft done by June of 2008. So I'll be I'll be writing this all spring and all winter.
1: Receive regular CBP research updates as well as seminar happenings and other chiropractic news by subscribing now to the CBP email newsletter right on the home page at www.idealspine.com.
0: Now I'd like to skip topics for a second here. Part of the papers that are are really helping out are uh, what Jennifer Pete did, and I'd like to give her a big plug. She needs a big pat on the back for years of work. She started the Journal of Chiropractic Pediatrics, and it was um, the Journal of the Vermont Society of Chiropractic. And uh, Jennifer Pete was the person who had the idea and pushed it and got it going. And they just have a, a lot of good case studies and case series cohort studies in, over the years in this journal. And we in the ICA um, got pulled all these uh, papers out of these chiro- chiropractic pediatrics journals and uh, we're reviewing those and that's a lot of the evidence that shows that chiropractors do a great job taking care of children and so a special thanks goes out to Jennifer Pete for, for originating that journal and getting people to, to um, submit articles to it and publishing great case studies and case series. Now, next topic I'd like to jump to is the posture rate. You know, in my retirement, I was hoping that um, we would make something so good that I would have a residual small income from, and that was um, a posture digitizer. And people have been asking for that ever since the mid-'90s when we um, wrote our own programs to do research with and digitizing x-rays to do it and we were publishing a variety of great journals with Tad Yonick's help and uh, Tad Yonick wrote the code for it and finally uh, we started working on something to commercialize and the posture rays finally done. We had a, a big problem this summer. Microsoft Vista <laughs> they just changed things over there I don't know what they're doing at Microsoft but our program would not j- jive with theirs and we had a heck of a time and finally doing some installations with Vista we just realized all the problems we had we had to get a programmer to to go through all the possible scenarios that Vista was doing to us finally that got all done <clears throat> and then a lot of people have networks in their office and so we had to overcome the network problems but posture is the initial one is finally ready to go and several people have gotten it installed it and they're very happy with it the reports you're bringing in them referrals and and uh, they're able to send the reports to insurance companies and it's automated by just you touch bringing the photographs or jpegs of your x-rays that you take off your view box and touch the points and then the program does everything else for you so i'm really excited finally that posture is done and and being sold, and people are using it and they're happy with it. I'm I'm hoping we can sell a lot of these in the future. And then finally, I'd like to remind you that we're starting our seminar schedule for this fall. We just did one in Dallas this past weekend, Deed and I. And then the 20th and 21st, I'm doing an x ray posture in San Leandro, California. And then the following week, the 27th and 28th, Deed's doing a lumbar rehab in Charlotte. And I say Deed because I'm making a presentation to ASHN, American Specialties Health Network, in San Diego to their um, X-ray Technical Advisory Committee, which is made up of a faculty from different chiropractic colleges. I believe they're paid. But anyway, they're not going to listen, but um, the, my lawyer, Jim Turner, says that since we plan to sue them, and they're giving us the opportunity to um, give a talk for a half hour that says, that plain film radiography, routine plain film radiography is the standard of care in chiropractic. And I'm citing all the chapters from PCCRP. So our x-ray guidelines are coming into good use here. So we're going to give them the documents and then give a talk on it. And then in a year or two when I see them class action suit, we're going to say that, hey, you, you were told all this information a year or two ago, and you did nothing. So that, that's what's going on there. We don't expect them to to change. They, you know, they by cutting chiropractic x-rays, they, they're saving money. That's why they do it. So it has nothing to do with what's right or wrong. It has to do with profits. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to be doing that. In San Diego, i Deed's going to be teaching the Lumbar Rehab in Charlotte. We'd appreciate some support. And of course, since I'm not going to be there, we'd like to have some practical stations. Then November 3rd and 4th, uh, Jennifer Pete and uh, Palmer Pete and Pete Lope are doing pediatric adjusting with CBP in Chicago and I'd like to have your support for that. And then November 17th and 18th and December 1st and 2nd, we're doing the new CBP case management. The November 17th and 18th one is in Newark and then the, the second one is in Phoenix and then we take the rest of the year off. And Actually, we've taken it off from seminars, but not from work, because on November 16th, the day before that one in Newark, we are getting some guys and gals down to review papers for the ICA Best Practices Committee because we got a lot of papers to review. And then following the December 1st and 2nd seminar, which is the next weekend, 6th, 7th, and 8th of December, we're having another ICA committee meeting here in my house in Evanston, Wyoming, to read papers and review them and score them. So, I'll be pretty busy all fall, and then uh, I'll start writing after we collect all this data. I was um, asked to speak again, luckily, for um, Parker College in uh, their Las Vegas uh, seminar in February, so... I'd like to have some support there. It'd be good to show a good CBP support so that they see a, that we're filling the room and hopefully we get invited back because I, I really believe that's how we reach people that have never seen us before. I know that you um, CBP practitioners are out talking to people and showing people your changes and bragging about your corrective technique, but we we just need to reach people who have never heard of us. And It's amazing enough in this day and age of me sending out the journal four times a year and internet stuff that some people still have not heard of CBP. just blows your mind, but that's the case.
1: Obtain all CBP research from 1993 through 2007 by browsing to our web store at idealspine.biz. This tax-deductible donation will supply you with a CBP research CD with a compilation of all PDF articles. You may use these articles to educate your local medical doctors and also validate your care. For more information, browse to our web store, www.idealspine.biz.
0: So this is it for, for this time, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. We'll do another podcast. We'll get back on the, on the bandwagon here, and Joe Bowles is going to be doing some practice management tips in his podcast as president of the CBP Fellows. So look for those, and until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to the CBP Podcast Series. My name is Dr. Joe Farantelli, And before I close, I just wanted to update uh, all of you that I've placed some uh, video clips on the new X-Ray digitizing software known as Posturay on the PostureCo website. You can also find those on YouTube as well. Uh, many of you have uh, these these questions about how to use the software and whether or not you have to use digital Uh, systems or how to obtain the x-rays so i made a couple sample clips that will definitely answer your questions so be sure to browse to www.postureco.com thanks and see you next time